Do you feel lost? Do you not know how you should function within the body of Christ? Do you feel spiritually uncoordinated? If that's you, awesome. You're not alone. God's doing a new thing on the earth. It's supernatural stigmergy. Say, what? Supernatural? What, Darren? What are you talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you here in just a second. You are going to love it. Welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, where emerging revivalists and extraordinary leaders share inspirational experiences that will help take you to a higher level. Now, here's your host, Darren Stott. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. If we haven't met yet, my name is Darren Stott, lead pastor at a church called Seattle Revival Center. Check us out online at seattlerevivalcenter.com. Author of a book called Pattern, Interrupt, Dismantle, Defeat, Overcome, Ordinary, and Become a Rumbler. Pick up yours today on Amazon. And I'm the founder of Supernaturalist Ministries, a ministry designed to equip Connect and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And that's why I suspect that you're listening to this podcast is because perhaps you are a supernaturalist with a burning desire to see kingdom realities made manifest on the face of the earth. It's such an honor to have you listening today. Today's episode is brought to you by SupernaturalParents.com. If you're a mommy, a daddy, and you're raising up uh, some little children, and it's your desire to see them know and love the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and to see them comfortable with engaging with these kingdom realities, um, then check it out. It's free. It's HD. It's quick and to the point. It's around 12 or 13 minutes, and that's my gift to you at SupernaturalParents.com. Well, Here we go. Today we're talking about an interesting topic, supernatural stigmergy. You say, what? This is a fascinating topic. It's being studied right now within the field of biology, not necessarily supernatural stigmergy, but stigmergy nonetheless. Perhaps it's something that you've never heard of before. We're going to be talking about this dynamic and what I believe um, the Lord spoke to me regarding supernatural stigmergy and the effects of cultivating a revival dynamic where unity in the atmosphere begins to produce subconscious kingdom activities within communities that are complex, they're intricate, and they're actually heavenly realities that are being replicated and duplicated and created on the earth without us even necessarily being aware of it. So that's where we're going right here, right now, beginning with Acts 4.32. It says, now the full number, just declare that, full number, okay, of those who believe. Now, remember, the full number in Acts 4.32, even though it's at the beginning of Acts, is somewhere between perhaps 10 to 15,000 people. So the church has begun growing exponentially, going from 120 believers uh, into thousands overnight, right? Then into tens of thousands. So... Now, the full number, 10 to 15,000, were of one heart and soul. What's interesting here, this one heart, one mind, it's the Greek word or the Greek phrase, the sequence of words, kardiakai psyche maya. 
Okay, again, kai psyche, where, where we get the word mind from, maya, meaning one heart, one mind. Now, that is that would have to be supernatural in the sense of just the mere quantity of believers. And also considering the fact that they were not necessarily living all in one place. I'll remind you back in Acts 2 at Pentecost, there were literally um, thousands of people from all over the Roman Greco world that were gathered there for the feast. They heard the gospel preached in their own native tongue because the Lord um, uh, decoded language through, uh, you know, through tongues. The gospel was preached. The gospel transcended culture and, and language. And everyone got to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And they heard it and they received it and they received the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, um, that day. Immediately, right, 3,000 from all over the greater Roman Greco world at that point. So you have thousands of people, many of which are gathered in one spot, and many, many of which have actually been dispersed and gone back to their homes. The full number of them who believed remained one heart, one soul, and they didn't have the internet. They didn't have Facebook, okay? They didn't have any sort of social network um, at that time. And yet, they were connected in the spirit supernaturally. And this is supernatural unity. This is that This is that gift that came in Acts chapter 2. Um, when the fire came down and in, they all got networked. They all became a part of the greater network that we call the kingdom of God. So they had kingdom technology before, um, you know, uh, which made them far more advanced than, than we are now, even through our own natural technology. This means, this is profound, that their, their love, their hopes, their passions, their talents, their abilities, their life experiences, thousands of them united to become one on the earth. That this is... What I believe is uh, answered prayer to the prayer of Jesus in John 17, where Jesus says, Father, let in the same way that you and I are one, let them, let them be one in us. That I believe that there is perhaps partial fulfillment here in Acts 4 when it says the full number of them were one. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but that is absolutely radical. Now remember, the book of Acts is not just a historical narrative put here to tease us and to frustrate us about how things used to be. Remember, the book of Acts is a blueprint given to us within this kingdom era by which we can begin to participate with the Holy Spirit again in order to continue the mission of the saints on the earth that the kingdom of God would come on earth as it is in heaven. To a great decree, Things got paused because of the whole institutional form of the church, that we lost a certain part of this organic relational um, uh, aspect of the church. And the thing has become more temple-focused than than ecclesia-focused, right? So they would go to the temple, but then they would continue to gather as the called-out ones and they would gather in their homes. They would continue to do life together. They had to. There was this 
summoning, this gathering in the spirit, this joining together of their lives. And that's what we see here in Acts 4. Now, within the field of biology, there is this study of swarming. So if you look at bees and birds, fish, and even herds, there is this concept where animals will gather together um, uh, 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 almost by their own biology. It's believed that, that when birds begin to swarm just before great migration, they don't even necessarily know what they're doing, but the environment is triggering a performance or an action. So because of the change of the weather um, uh, 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 and because of the, the change of temperature, right? And just the atmosphere begins to change and uh, subconsciously it triggers um, a, a, a swarming activity. Now, all these birds, which would typically um, you know, be separated, begin to come together. And as they are together, there is an interesting, complex, intelligent form of systems and self-organization, even government. Um, there is this radically efficient collaboration that begins to take place without the individual birds even being aware of this. The same thing is true of ant behavior, that because of the environment, that the environment actually triggers a set and series of performances and actions that lead to spontaneous emergence of coherent and systematic activity. This is the study of stimmergy. When I say supernatural stimmergy, what I'm actually referring to is that I believe that what the Lord is doing on the earth is that he is defragmenting the body of Christ. That the era of, of segregation and separation, that that, that, that era is, is, is quickly disappearing and that the body of Christ is starting to think kingdom uh, more now than, than ever. And that this thing is becoming far more organic more, far, far more like an organism, that the bride of Christ is starting to function more as a living unit instead of as an institution that's overlorded by a pope or some sort of human mediator. That what's actually happening is that kingdom hubs, kingdom communities are coming together and they're connecting with other apostolic hubs on the earth, that even communities that don't even recognize the role of that apostolic on the earth um, are oftentimes apostolic and they are connecting. There is this great connection that's taking place on the earth. And what it is, is there is an anointing for unity similar to that which was seen released in Acts chapter two. And within these apostolic communities, um, the effect of that is this this concept, supernatural stigmergy. What that actually means is that there is, an, there is an atmosphere that stimulates performance that's subconscious, whereby which the body of Christ begins to function together as one body instead of like tens of thousands of autonomous, independent individuals that are striving to figure out what their role is in the world. We are truly coming together. We're truly being knit together as a body in this 
time. So if you've felt lost, if you felt like you haven't known what your function is within the body of Christ, if you felt spiritually uncoordinated, the good news is, is that things are changing. And I am going to give you three practical ways to make sure that you are actively engaging with what the Lord is doing on the earth. But in the same way that birds swarm before a, a great migration, I believe that the kingdom of God is, is beginning to come together. That doesn't mean that they are losing the values and the theology of their autonomous structures and units. That doesn't mean that Presbyterians are going to become charismatics. What it means is that the bird remains the bird, but it joins the greater swarm and that we are able to allow for our differences, not to separate us, but we come together as one, as the kingdom of God, as the bride of Christ. And within that place of supernatural unity, there will be this, let's call it supernatural stigmergy or a revival dynamic by which the kingdom of God begins to operate on the earth, fulfilling the prayer of Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. In the same way we see this acted out in Acts 4 with with perhaps 10 to 15,000, we're about to see it play out on the earth in a way that history has never seen. Meaning that we literally have billions of believers with countless resources, with countless abilities, connected in the spirit, kai psyche maya, one heart, one mind. What's so fascinating about the animal world is that there are incredibly complex systems that are formed without any communication. Radical radical integration without communication. Um, like I said, it's literally subconscious collaboration, and that's in the natural. I believe first in the natural, then in the spirit, that what we're actually going to be doing is kingdom activity on the earth that is harmonizing and even and even adding oxygen to the fire of revival, the fire of awakening in other parts of the world that we are complementing and influencing without having any idea and without them having any idea of what, uh, of, of how our involvement is actually contributing and blessing what God is doing somewhere else uh, in someone else somewhere in the world. That Christianity, Christianity is inescapably corporate, which means that what I do as an individual, it either it either enhances or it robs from what I'm doing within our greater community. The same thing is true that as apostolic hubs are connected within the greater kingdom of God, that our involvement, our decision to be intentionally integrated into the greater kingdom thing that God is doing on the in the world or our intentional decision to not be and to think more as a tribe than as a kingdom that our that our choice is very very important that your choice as an individual is very very important to what degree are you willing to think big and to what degree are you willing to involve yourself in what God is doing um, on the earth? Now, supernatural stigmergy. Historically, the way that this plays out is that um, that individuals and organizations and um, and ministries literally begin to change without even trying. And when I say change, I mean they actually begin to grow and they begin to step into their kingdom assignment without even trying and without even knowing. 
In fact, within this revival dynamic, you'll have people that become far more evangelistic who never take on the title of an evangelist. You'll have people that step into an anointing of prophecy that become radically accurate and never necessarily call themselves a prophet. That you have organization, organizational business structures that become apostolic in nature but don't necessarily take on that title because it's not about the title as much as we want to honor the title. What's actually happening is within this revival dynamic, historically, the body of Christ begins to function according to her original, according to her created purpose. This is why it's so important that you're being exposed to an apostolic revival dynamic, that you are in a community where there's supernatural stigmergy taking place, that without even trying, that you are um, connected to, meaning that the intelligence, the awareness, the, um, the, 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 the organization of the whole is contributing to who you are as an individual. And this is absolutely, this is absolutely true. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and one mind, supernatural unity that created an atmosphere that brought the people of God into their function and purpose. It pulled them, it pulled them into their kingdom identity and assignment without them even trying and perhaps without them even realizing it until they looked back and they saw how the Holy Spirit shaped them and pulled them into their kingdom purpose and assignment. It's a symphony. It's like all of a sudden before you know it, you have a violin and you and you don't even remember being trained in how to play the violin. And all of a sudden you see Jesus come and take the baton and he begins to lead you and you begin to play your part, your violin melody line in sequence and in harmony with the greater symphony. And you're like, how did this even happen? How did I even get here? This is what happens historically during times of revival and awakening. So how do you begin to intentionally apply yourself within this kind of community? Um, Well, number one, I think it's so important that you take responsibility for the community that you're in and that you assess it. In fact, I would say annually assess your community. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) I think it's so important that you know the values and the mission of the community or communities that you're a part of. You say, well, what do you mean communities? You mean that's allowed? Absolutely. Because we're not thinking like a tribe, we're thinking like a city within a city. Okay, that's the way the kingdom of God operates. The kingdom of God operates like a city with underneath a kingly government, underneath a king, and not like some small little local church or tribe. So because um, because of that, then you know you have permission biblically to go beyond your small group, even your local church, that you have permission to have a heart connection with other believers from other traditions, from other denominations, from other parachurches. Not only do you have permission, but you see that this is actually not just a luxury, but a necessity that we're thinking like the kingdom. So as you assess your community, the question is, 
is if your values are different, you have to know this, that your job is not to change the values of the community that that you're a part of because every community has its own blueprint, thumbprint, its own DNA. And you can't change that. In fact, if you try to change the values and mission of the communities that you're a part of, you could actually be used of the enemy to subvert the unity that exists within that community. So if revival culture is not a value within your community, but you're trying to change that value, you may actually be subverting um, the culture and the community within the community that you um, find yourself a part of. For this reason, it's important that we, on a regular basis, assess the community that we're a part of and make sure that our values are not in dissonance with the values of the community, but that our values are in harmony with the values of the community or communities that we are a part of. Number two, serve your community. So it's not enough to just pull from the resources within your community. Is it wrong to do that? Absolutely not. That's one of the beautiful aspects of community is that you will actually be served by the community that you're a part of. But it's not a good thing to just be served by your community. That's very, very unhealthy. That part of your kingdom assignment is to be a contributor, that you're plugging in your passions, your values, your talents, who you are, your life experiences into the fabric and into the dynamic that is that community and that you do so accountably, which means that you can't just serve on the back end invisibly without anybody knowing about it. You must be connected through relationship, right? Before you start plugging in your values, your talents, and your abilities, which means this, you've got to be known. You've got to, and that means you have to make yourself known. And you can't just blame the organization for not knowing you. You say, I've introduced myself a thousand times. Great. Introduce yourself again and let them know who you are, why you're there, and what you have to give. Okay? Number three, fall in greater love with Jesus. Why? Why would you even say that has nothing to do with stigmatia in revival? It absolutely does. At the end of the day, okay, it's not about the movement. It's about the mover and the shaker himself. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's not about the kingdom first. It's about the king first, right? And so it's so important that we keep our eyes, our love, our affection, that we're keeping that flame of intimacy hot and bright between our heart and the heart of our Father the heart of our lover, Jesus, the heart of the Holy Spirit, that we are falling in greater love with Jesus, with the Father, in greater love with with what he is doing, with what what really who he is. And that means that it's so important that we're cultivating that place of intimacy daily. 10,000 different ways to do this, okay? There's not just one way. There's a billion different ways. It could be through soaking prayer, listening prayer, um, systematic Bible studies in the morning, but that you have this time where you are going deeper with the Lord because that is the win, okay? Don't go after the movement until you have this radical dynamic, this, this romantic dynamic with your creator, with your lover, 
Start there, okay? That is the prize. Christ Jesus is the prize. Christ Jesus is the mystic secret. We begin and end with Jesus, knowing that as we fall in love with him, his mission will be downloaded into our hearts. And this is so fascinating. You won't have to try to run after the mission of Jesus because of this supernatural stigmergy. You will begin fulfilling the mission of Jesus without even trying. That's what I have for you guys. Love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Please let me know what you thought. Um, rate it and review it on iTunes. So that'll let other people know um, kind of uh, if this thing is worth listening to. To do that, just go to the iTunes store oh, or go, go to the shortcut. It's thedarrenshow.com. Also, if you could send me an email, a tweet, a Facebook message, let me know what you think about this, how you're applying this, as well as what you'd like for me to investigate and talk about in the future on this podcast. Thanks so much for your time. Know this. I love you and I'm cheering you on. God bless and we'll talk real soon.